Tonight's reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. This is God's word. Oftentimes when I see or I hear this verse, I'll find it printed on a mug somewhere or a t-shirt. I may find it on a picture that's hanging up inside somebody's home. Or every time I'll walk inside of like a Hobby Lobby or a Michael's, you'll see it somewhere for sure. Some couples will use this scripture during their wedding ceremony. And I remember about six months ago when I was studying this chapter, and I remember as I was reading through it, I was prompted by God to go back and take a deeper look at this scripture. See, this scripture is most often taught that according to God, this is a picture of what love looks like between one another. And, and although I do believe that this is very much true, I specifically remember on that day, there was a very specific truth that was within this chapter that I had been missing the whole time. And I knew that if I could get a hold of this truth and embed it into my mind, then there was a possibility that I could be forever changed. See, this scripture isn't just about how God desires that we love one another. This is actually how God loves us. And, and I want to do an exercise with you guys. But before we do, let's recap the verse. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. It Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now, as we go through this exercise, whenever I say my name, replace it with yours. See, God sat me down one day and he looked directly into my eyes and he said, Sarah, my love for you is patient. My thoughts towards you are kind. I do not have thoughts of envy or jealousy towards you, Sarah. I will never sabotage anything that is good for you. Sarah, I do not boast or act proud towards you. I will never point my finger at your chest and tell you I told you so. Sarah, I will never dishonor you. I will place your needs above my own. In fact, I already have when I gave you my one and only son. Sarah, I am not easily angered. There is nothing that you have done or will do that can surprise me or throw me off guard. My love for you is steadfast. Sarah, I do not keep record of your wrongs. In fact, you are forgiven. And in Christ, you have been justified. It's just as if it never happened. If your past mistakes are ever brought up, it is not coming from me, Sarah. I will always tell you the truth. Sarah, I will always protect you. You can trust in me, place your hope in me, and know that my love for you will never end or grow weary. It will always persevere. So why would grasping this truth change or transform my life? Because this type of love that I've been talking about comes from God. And this type of love is what we call perfect love. Now, hold on to that because we're going to come back to that. But first, we're going to make a pit stop at fear. See, I am convinced that the root of every poor decision that I've ever made was fear. 
fear of rejection, fear of missing out, fear of losing something or someone, fear of letting go, fear of moving on, fear. But 1 John 4.18 says that perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love actually drives fear away. It's so important that we're able to recognize, receive, and respond to God's perfect love that was described in 1 Corinthians. Because I believe that God has wired each of us with a desire or a longing to be loved perfectly. And I've gone through my entire life substituting his perfect love with shadows of love. When the whole time God is the substance, he is the source. And see, when we can surrender to the fact that we are perfectly loved by him and only him, his love begins to penetrate our hearts. And then we begin to change. And then we're finally able to see through the haze of fear, doubt, anxiety that has been clouding our minds. And we can actually see our true selves. And then we can begin to actually love ourselves. Imagine that, loving yourself exactly the way you are, being content with exactly the way that God made you. And then we can begin to truly love others in a real, authentic way. A way that changes them. See, I have had this conversation with God so many times. When I get to heaven, I know the first thing that my God's going to do is that he's going to wrap me in his arms and he's going to tell me that he loves me. But then he may very well turn to me and ask, Sarah, through this whole experience, did you learn to love? Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And I'm telling you, this verse is not just limited to taking a bullet for someone. It also includes laying down my own desires and wants for the immediate needs or wants of someone else so that they can grow and they can benefit. Did I learn to love without expectation of anything in return? And so when Jesus asked me if I learned to love, if I was able to do this, my hope is to say, Yes, Jesus, but not perfectly and not always. But when I did, it was only because you loved me perfectly first.